Now, we're going to listen and watch our reading this morning from Luke chapter 24. But before we do that, I want you to, to turn uh, maybe in your families, and I want you to ask this question. What is the biggest or best surprise you've had this year? Okay, what's the biggest or best surprise you've had this year? And if you don't have children nearby you, why don't you just turn around to someone you don't know and say hello and introduce yourself. What was the biggest or best surprise you had this year? Okay. Hopefully you got to meet someone new there or you got to share a, a, a surprise that's happened this year. I want us to watch as this passage is read to us and it's going to be... Um, put on the screen with someone acting it out with their fingers in sand. And I, I want the children in particular to try and look out for the surprises that happened in this passage. So we're going to sit and we're going to listen to the whole of Luke chapter 24. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb carrying the burial lotions they had prepared. They found the stone door rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there perplexed about this, suddenly two men in gleaming clothes approached them. The women were terrified and bowed down with their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you search for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has been raised. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful people and be crucified, and on the third day be raised up. The women remembered Jesus' words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven apostles and all the other people there. The women were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and some others with them. Yet the apostles did not believe them, because these reports seemed like nonsense to them. All the same, Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the burial clothes lying by themselves. He returned home, wondering at what had happened. Now that same day, two of them were traveling to a town about 11 kilometers from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were talking with each other about all that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached them and began to walk alongside them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are these things you are discussing with each other as you walk along? They stood there, looking sad, and one of them, named Cleopas, asked, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know about the events that have taken place there in these days? What events? he asked. They replied, The events surrounding Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our leaders handed him over to death and crucified him. We were hoping that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. But besides all of this, it is now the third day since all these things happened. And then, to add to it, some women from our group astonished us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they didn't find the body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive some of those with us went back to the tomb and found it exactly as the women described, but they did not see him. And Jesus said to them, How foolish you are, and slow of heart to believe all the things the prophets foretold. Didn't the Christ have to suffer these things, and so enter his glory? And beginning with the writings of Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things written about himself in all the scriptures. 
They approached the town where they were going and Jesus gave the impression he was going further on, but they urged him, stay with us because it is evening, the day is already over. So he went to stay with them. When he was reclining at the table with them, he took the loaf of bread, gave thanks, broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to one another, were not our hearts on fire as he spoke to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? They got up straight away and returned to Jerusalem where they found the 11 apostles and those with them gathered together who said, the Lord really has been raised to life and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two related the things that had happened on the road and how they had recognized him when he broke the loaf of bread. While they were talking about these things, Jesus stood right in the middle of them and said, Peace to you. But they were startled and terrified because they thought they were seeing a ghost. And Jesus said to them, Why are you disturbed? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and feet, for it is really me. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you can see I have. He said this and showed them his hands and feet. But when they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, he said to them, do you have anything here I can eat? So they handed him a piece of cooked fish. He took it and ate it right in front of them. And he said to them, I told you about these things while I was still with you. Everything that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms had to be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be announced in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and so I will send to you the promise of my Father. You yourselves stay here in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out to Bethany. He raised his hands and blessed them, and as he was blessing them, he departed from them and was taken up into heaven. They worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy, where they were always in the temple court, praising God. The number of surprises that happened in our passage this morning. Just by way of introduction, uh, to get us onto the theme, I want to play a little game. This was actually one of my favorite games growing up, game shows, I should say. The Generation Game Conveyor Belt Memory Game. Does anybody else remember this? Yeah? Okay, so you're going to see 17 items come across the conveyor belt, and then I'm going to ask and see how many we can remember. Normally you have 30 seconds, but I might be generous, and I'm going to give you a minute. Okay, so we've got our thinking caps on, our memory caps on, and here come the items. Okay, so first, we have a bread loaf. Next, we have a mobile phone. Yeah, that's the music I wanted. Next, we have a cup of tea. Remembering. Next, we have a microphone. No notes, no pictures, no videos. Tin of paint. DVD. Candle. A diamond tiara. Some shampoos. A camera. A violin, the electric kettle, there's always an electric kettle. Here's a good one. The Bible, a laptop, 
a cuddly toy, a birdhouse, and finally, a rabbit. Now, competitive adults, please don't shout out straight away. Can any of the children, all right, we've got one minute. Can any of the children tell me what they can remember? Shout out. A violin. Right, just shout them out. Give me another one. See how many we can get. A rabbit. Any over here? A loaf of bread. Good one. Yeah. Anybody? Anybody else? Tea. Cup of tea. Yeah. Any more? Laptop. You got two? Yeah, go on. A phone and a microphone. Oh, that was good. They both have the same word in it. That was very clever to do that. A Bible. Yeah, very good. How are we getting on? Charlie with the birdhouse. Let's try it there, actually. Candle, yeah. Have we got? We're getting on really well here. Have we any more? What? Electric kettle, yeah. A stuffed toy, yeah, cuddly toy. Oh, wow, we've almost got them all. A CD, a CD yeah, you're too, old, you're too young to know it was a DVD. <laughs> anybody, anybody got any more? This is incredible. I, I, I thought we weren't going to get them all. Shampoo. Oh, anybody, anybody else? We've got two more. Any adults? Beth? Paint, yeah. One last one. Camera. Wow, give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah, so that really is just to introduce us to the theme of our passage this morning is all about remembering. You see, Jesus had told his followers that he would rise from the dead, but they didn't actually remember. So this week I actually heard quite a funny story. Well, it made me laugh about Joseph of Arimathea. Um, what we do know about Joseph was he was obviously a very wealthy man, and he had prepared his tomb. We have the tomb here, and it was um, you know, in a very good location in, in Jerusalem, and it was probably for him and his wife. And the legend goes that you know, J- Joseph of Arimathea comes home on Good Friday, and he, and, he, and he sort of comes in, and he says to his wife, you know, I've actually um, I've used our tomb today. I've put the body of Jesus in there. And his wife is disappointed. She's a bit shocked. Joseph, that's, that's our tomb that we prepared for when we pass. Joseph turns to her and he's, he shakes his head and says, don't worry, Jesus only needs it for the weekend. <laughs> well, that, that made you laugh. But actually, if you, if you read carefully the story of Luke, you'll find that the opposite is true. Neither Joseph nor the disciples nor the women who followed Jesus expected him to rise again. In fact, that's why at the start of our story, the women were going to the tomb, weren't they? And they had spices and ointments prepared because they were expecting to find Jesus' body and they were going to put these lovely perfumes on to stop his body, you know, going a bit stinky as what happens with a dead body. But that's where the first surprise happens. As they're coming to the tomb, they're thinking, how are we going to move this stone away? And they find the first thing they see is that this big stone is rolled away. And then secondly, The bigger surprise is as they go into the tomb, they find not the body of Jesus, but they find that it's completely empty. 
Jesus is no longer there. And that's an absolute mystery. Not only now are they sad, but they're, they're a little bit confused. And they're left wondering where on earth could the body go? Where on earth has the body been taken? Now, to, to sort of illustrate this, I want to do another little quiz, and I need my helper, Ollie, to come up. So this is, a really, this is the world's easiest quiz, okay? So I just want you to say yes or no. Do you think Ollie's going to be able to do these challenges? I'm going to set him, okay? So the first challenge, Ollie, I want you to throw that ball up into the air, and I want you to stop it sort of about two meters above your head. Do you think he's going to be able to do this? No? No, they think you can't do it. How many attempts have I got? You get one. It's a light ball. It's a light ball. Now, I want it about two, three meters, whatever you want. Just keep it up there. You count me down. Right. Three, two, one. No. You got that one right. Okay. That's one. Right. The second one, I have a little piece of card here. It's about the size of a postage stamp, and I'm going to stand on it. Okay. The second challenge I'm going to set Ollie is, he is going to try and set, stand on this little postage stamp at the same time as me. Okay. So he can't move me. He can't stand on me. He has to stand on it at the same time. Do you think he's going to be able to do it? This is a really easy quiz, isn't it? You, I mean, I knew you were going to get them all right when you got the memory ones all right. Right. Come on. Let's give it a go. Do you I think? Can't move you. Can't move me. Yeah. Come on. Try and squeeze. Oh no no. Try and squeeze. Like. We both want to be the same time, same place. That slide? No, it's not working. No, that's not working either. Okay, you got that one right. Okay, third and final question is, I'm going to spray Ollie in the face, okay? And he's going to try and not get wet, okay? Do you think he's going to... He can't use his hands, he can't move. That is water. This, it's, uh, it's either water or, or you know, alcohol for your, for your hands. Um, <laughs> right. It's water, is it? It's water. Yeah, it's water. Do you think he's going to not get wet? No, he's definitely not. Was that wet? That was wet. Yeah. That was wet. Yeah, you got all of those right because it's the easiest quiz in the world. Yeah, give him a clap. You see, those are the rules. Yeah? Things fall. That's called gravity. Two, two objects can't be in the same space and, and the same time. That's called the, I forgot this one from physics, but it's the exclusion principle. Uh, and the third thing is water is wet. That's just the rule. And that's something to do with electromagnetic forces. Those are just the rules. That's why it was such an easy quiz. Everybody knows that's just what happens. You can't break scientific laws. And here's the biggest one. When you're dead, you're dead. You can't come back. And that's why, why death is so serious and so, so sad and, and sometimes can be quite scary because that's just the rule. When you're dead, you're dead. And that leads us to the mystery that we have here about the empty tomb. How on earth could this tomb be empty? Well, there's a few different people who have tried lots of different options. So some people suggest maybe his body was taken by grave robbers. Maybe there were thieves who came and took the body away. But that doesn't make any sense because the most valuable thing was the linen cloths that Jesus' body was wrapped in, and they were still left there. In fact, they were left there nice and neatly folded up. Maybe it was the religious rulers who took his body away. 
But of course, that doesn't make sense either because they hated Jesus and they hated the message of Jesus that spread like wildfire that he had risen from the dead. So if they had the body, they would have just brought it out and shown it. Maybe it was his disciples then. Maybe his disciples stole the body. Could that have been what happened to Jesus' body? Of course, that didn't happen either because the Jewish leaders put a Roman guard in front of the tomb to stop that very thing. And more importantly, every single one of the disciples, apart from one, died because they claimed that Jesus rose again from the dead. And it's very hard to die for something that you know that is a lie, especially all of those people. So none of those things help solve our mystery. None of those things answer how the dead body of Jesus is no longer there. So our next surprise, as the women were in the, to, uh, in the garden, as they were sad, they were a bit perplexed, they were confused, two men in dazzling clothes appeared. Who do you think these two men might have been? Who might they be? They were angels, yeah. And you know what you do whenever you see an angel? You fall to the ground and you cover your face because angels scare the wits out of you. And that's exactly what happened to those, two, to those women when the two men appeared. But the angels knew that they were looking for the body of Jesus. And so the angels said to them, why are you looking for a living person here? This is for dead people. He is not here. He is risen, they said. The rule of death has been broken. Jesus is no longer dead. He is alive. It's not what normally happens. In fact, you can't do it yourself, no matter how hard you try. But the tomb is empty because of the greatest miracle of all. He is not here. He has risen from the dead. As crazy as it sounds, no matter which way you look at all the evidence, it points to this. He is risen from the dead. So the tomb was rolled away. That was the, the, the stone was rolled away. That was the first surprise. The tomb was empty. That was the second surprise. The angels announced that Jesus is alive. That's the third surprise. And you know what the fourth surprise was? The angels told them, guys, you probably should have known this because Jesus told you this is what he was going to do. He told you that he was going to die, be taken and put on a cross, and three days later, rise again. You see, the good news that Jesus died on the cross for our sin and rose again the third day, it wasn't made up by any of his followers because they didn't remember that that is what he had said. This was Jesus' message first. They forgot it. And so the angels reminded them that he promised to do this miracle of miracles, and so he did it. He is not here. He is risen exactly as he said he would. And that's a happy Easter. So this changes everything. The historical resurrection of Jesus Christ stands at the foundation of the Christian faith. I wonder if you're here this morning and you're, you're listening in and you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christian. Maybe you were brought up in the church but you've since left it. Or maybe you're brand new and you're exploring all this for the first time. Well, this is the place to start at the empty tomb 
Can I ask you, how do you make sense of this? How do you explain the empty tomb? Will you follow the evidence? Have you grasped that Jesus really did rise from the dead exactly as he said he would? I used to have this question that Christianity, is it just a meme? Now, when I was younger, a meme was actually like a, a scientific word. It wasn't this. Uh, a meme was a, a sort of semi-technical word for, for cultures or beliefs or ideas that sort of evolve and then they replicate through generations to generations. And, and that used to really trouble me. A bit like these examples on the wall. Is Christianity just an idea that's gone viral, that's sort of been passed down? Is it just a construct that's been transmitted from generation to generation? Or is it real? Is it real? And for me, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it changes everything. The fact that the tomb was empty, the fact that he appeared to, to many witnesses, the fact that the church was birthed on these foundational claims that Jesus is alive, exactly as he said he would be. The implications are massive. And you know, the early Christians got this. They weren't, you know, idiots. They got the rule that dead people don't rise. They understood, although they didn't remember straight away, they understood the implications. And so as soon as they got it, they spread the news far and wide of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ because they understood that this pivotal event in history demonstrated that God's kingdom had now launched on earth. That he was king of kings, lord of lords, and that every single person is now invited to belong to his kingdom. So please don't let this Easter pass without understanding the history and the implication for you to come and follow Jesus. Jesus is not in the tomb because he is risen and we bow before him as king of kings and lord of lords this morning and we share the good news with boldness. Great. Just as we come to the second part of our story, I need some helpers. The next part of the story that Luke tells us about is about two friends. One's called Cleopas, and we don't know the name of the other. Um, and they're feeling pretty dejected about the whole Easter story so far. In fact, they're a bit confused because they've heard this story about the women who went to the tomb. They found it empty. They claim that the angel said that he's alive, but they saw him being crucified. And so they start to make their journey back to home to a mess. Um, this is Cleopas, he's a size 10 and a half. Um, and then this is his friend. And then something really strange happens. What do you think happens? What do you see that's strange about this journey with these two friends? Is that a hand up? What's that? There's another set of footprints, that's right. So if we just take this down and put it down here, this is Jerusalem back to your seat, and this is Emmaus up here. You can see here, Jerusalem that way, three miles, Emmaus that way, four miles. They started off on their journey, and then, we don't know exactly how far along the way, but somewhere along the way, a stranger, a person they didn't recognize, turns up, and the stranger says to Cleopas and his friend, why do you look so sad? And they stop and turn and look at him like he's got two heads. 
don't you know what's happened back in Jerusalem this weekend? Jesus, we thought he was gonna be the savior. We thought he was gonna be the rescuer. But our authorities have taken him and they've handed him over to the Romans. He's been crucified. And, and the women went to the tomb this morning and the body's not even there. And to be honest, it's just, we're, we're sad and we're confused. And you know what the stranger did? The stranger started talking to him about the Bible. And he started to go through the Bible from the very beginning, and he started to show them that the Bible in the Old Testament points to all that has happened to Jesus. It has talked about the fact that he was going to suffer. It pointed to the fact that he was going to have to die for our sins. It even pointed to the fact that he was going to rise again. And, you know, they were absolutely, you know, taken in by this until they got to a mess, and the stranger acted as if he was going to go off, and they said, no, 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 this is great. Come in and have dinner with us and tell us more. They were absolutely loving this Bible study. This stranger was pointing them to Jesus in the Bible, but they still didn't know who he was. And then they sat down, and they sat down to have dinner, and this stranger took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it like this. And I don't know what Cleophas's face looked like, but I imagine his eyes went really big like this, and his mouth went really open, and he went like this. Because the stranger who had walked with them all that way, they hadn't realized who he was until this moment. They remembered, and they recognized that this was Jesus. And just like that, he disappeared. And they realized that it was Jesus who had walked with them. And although it was incredible that they had seen Jesus, what was even more incredible was that as he explained the Bible to them, they, they said it felt like there was fire burning within us. That it was so exciting, so special, when he explained the true meaning of the whole Bible and the good news to them. And they got up from a mess and they ran the whole seven miles back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples, we have seen Jesus too. One last quiz, one last quiz. Guess the picture, all right? I really hope you don't get all these right. You've got everything right, which is really disappointing. So let's see if you can guess the picture. What do you think this is, children? The sun? Mm-mm. No? Any adults? Yes, it's a carrot. Ah, Jeepers. I had harder ones. Right, next. Oh, what's this one? Pepperoni? No. Shepherd's pie? No. Eli got out of bed really late last night while I was preparing this, and he looked at that and he said, that's shepherd's pie, and I didn't correct him. Bread, yeah, it's toast. Well done. Okay, next one. What's this one? Ivy, what do you think this is? A weed. That's a very good point. I'm not sure, but it's not the answer I'm looking for. No one. A what? A brain. No, but um, apart from the color, um, your dad can show you some of his textbooks later. No, let's see what it is. Black truffle. See, nobody wanted to admit to be posh enough to know what that is. All right, got you. All right, one last one. 
What's this one? Not a cherry. Raspberry. No, it's not an apple. It's a raspberry. Now, those are all up-close photographs. So the thing about that is, I'm glad you didn't get all of those. Whenever, sometimes it's hard to make sense of things unless we can see the bigger picture. That's the point that those pictures show us. And what Jesus was doing on that road was showing his two friends the bigger picture of the Bible. Jesus had walked with them and he had seen their sadness. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't say, hey guys, it's me, I'm alive. Instead, he pointed them to the Bible. And he helped them see the bigger picture that the Bible is one big story and it's all about the good news of Jesus Christ. And he showed them that first so that they could understand everything that they'd seen, everything that they were experiencing, even the things that they were feeling. They were exactly as God said it would be. Over thousands of years in the past, in the Old Testament, even though it looked like a disaster, even though it felt hopeless, it was God's plan. And Jesus is now alive. So we know it was the right plan. And we know that the good news is true. Just as we close, it's another little picture. It's a class feeling, you know, when you put the last piece of the puzzle in and you can step back and see the whole picture. As Christians, because Jesus is alive, we've been given the last big puzzle piece. And we can see the big picture. We can read the Bible. We can understand that it's all connected into one big story, held together by the now risen living Jesus. And although we might not have him walking alongside us, even those two boys didn't even recognize him when he was. We have the Spirit of God inside. We have the Word of God. And he opens our eyes and our hearts to the most exciting truths about him in his Word. So as you read the Scriptures, ask him to open your eyes to see him in the Scriptures so that our hearts will burn just like those two on the road to Emmaus. He is alive. And he is waiting to walk off the page of Scripture with us. I don't know how that makes you feel about the Bible, but it gets me excited. So I don't know, maybe you're like these two friends. You're feeling a bit of disappointment, maybe a bit of confusion. Maybe you need to have the same transformation that they have had from going from sad, confused friends to being full of wonder and love for Jesus in his word. So as we close, we're going to sing, but let's remember, remember the memory game? Let's remember the empty tomb, Jesus is alive, and the Bible's wonderful story is all about him. My prayer for us this Easter is that every single one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, will be set alight with wonder and love for the risen Jesus as we meet him in his word this Easter. Let me pray, and then we're going to sing two more hymns. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to meet together and to enjoy and celebrate Easter. We praise you that, that Jesus broke the rule of death exactly as he said he would. Help us to remember that because Jesus is alive, his word is true, 
The whole picture of the Bible comes together and it's centered and fulfilled in him. So help us to, to see our lives, to see our experiences through the lens of the new life that Jesus has brought and his kingdom that has come. In the mighty power of Jesus, our risen Savior King. Amen.